G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. A focus today on what's happening around the world, the rise of Islam, the challenge that that is bringing to so many parts of the world, and something of a misunderstanding of the reality of what's happening with the Islamic uprising and particularly what we're seeing reported in the press. Some insight today from Victor Atala from the Middle East Reformed Fellowship. He comes from the land of Cyprus and visiting Australia and teaching Australians about what's going on in the world so far as the Middle East and the rise of Islam. Victor, welcome along to 2020. Good to be here. Victor, you're in Australia, you're speaking to Australian audiences. What are the things that you are wanting to communicate with regard to this uh, rise of ISIS and uh, Islamic religion around the world? Uh, I have a concern, uh, brother, uh, that uh, Christians seem to be uh, uh, just uh, swallowing what uh, the secular media is uh, talking about uh, is reporting uh, without a, a Christian perspective, and uh, our Christian perspective must always be uh, God-centered uh, and uh, must always be uh, in terms of uh, uh, God's kingdom. What is God uh, doing, allowing uh, these uh, terrible events to take place? Now, uh, God is not the author of uh, terrible things. He's not the author of any evil. But as we understand scriptures and as we know from our own experiences, God always turns even the most terrible things into that which is good and uh, righteous. Victor, as someone who comes from the Middle East, in the nation of Cyprus, you are experiencing firsthand what's happening with this uprising of Islam. I suspect uh, you're concerned about the levels of persecution that are going on uh, to people who are of Jewish foundations, but also equally as strongly against Christian believers. Certainly, uh, we need to uh, remember that uh, uh, the Lord Jesus uh, is offensive uh, as the, the Saviour who alone opens, uh, has opened heaven uh, to those that come to God through him. So uh, whatever religion there is, uh, whether it is uh, liberal or conservative, whether it is east or west, uh, new or old, uh, uh, I guess uh, Christ would be offensive. And uh, when uh, we take it, Say, take seriously what Christ teaches us and follow him faithfully as he taught us uh, in the world, we would have uh, tribulations. And the apostles uh, teach us that uh, uh, with faith comes uh, persecution and suffering. Uh, as Paul writes to the Philippians, uh, 
uh, it is a gift to you not only to believe, but also to suffer with Christ. Uh, that's in Philippians at the end of chapter 1. In chapter 3, he talks about the power of Christ's resurrection, uh, fellowshipping in that, but also uh, in the fellowship of his sufferings, Christ's suffering. So it's through many trials and tribulations we read in the book of Acts that uh, we enter the kingdom of God. I say this, brother, because I think we have to be careful not to focus too much on suffering uh, when we know, we should know, that suffering is part of the course of following Christ. How do Christians in Middle Eastern nations, though, interpret that, that they are under this suffering because God has a purpose in that suffering for them? Is that what you're saying? Well, uh, I trust uh, that uh, Christians who are taught the Bible, who know the Bible, they would uh, take it that way and they are uh, comforted. As we know, you remember those uh, 21 believers that were beheaded by ISIS in Libya, Uh, uh, 20 Egyptians and one uh, Chadian brother who uh, refused to uh, renounce Christ. Uh, There were six Chadians, five of them renounced Christ uh, to save their own lives. He refused, and so he joined the 20 Egyptians, and the first Egyptian Uh, As they were about to behead him, he prayed in public. Uh, They could hear him. Even some people who recorded it could hear him uh, in Arabic saying, uh, Lord Jesus, uh, my life is in your hand. And then you had the uh, domino effect of the rest of them saying, Amen, Amen, Amen. Uh, uh, That was a, a tremendous testimony, not only... Uh, to strengthen uh, Christians and to comfort their families in Egypt and in Chad, but also as a very powerful witness to uh, Muslim people who are uh, increasingly disenchanted with this fanaticism, with this uh, uh, extreme uh, uh, application of uh, Islam. It's something we don't often dwell on, Victor, but uh, as I understand it, you're from Egyptian extraction, is that right? That's right, yes. So as an Egyptian and living in Cyprus, reflecting on the way that Christians are being persecuted for their faith, uh, when you think of these things that your brothers and sisters are going through in lands like Iraq and in Syria and in Libya, in your homeland of Egypt, uh, how compassionate, uh, what does it do to, to you when you think of these things that are going on against fellow believers, brothers and sisters? Well, I think uh, this ought to drive us to uh, uh, prayerfully uh, consider what we can do to help them. Uh, The danger, brother, is if we focus too much on persecution, then uh, there will not be a church left. And with uh, a church uh, absent from such societies like uh, Iraq, where... uh, The number of Christians is increasingly declined, the same in Syria. Uh, The few believers in uh, in Libya have uh, run away. We have lost contact with them. The two churches in Benghazi and and Tripoli uh, have been disbanded. Uh, When we uh, 
think about a, ch- a country without a church, it is uh, like food without salt. And uh, we must pray that uh, we have more and more courage for the people of God to remain faithful. And uh, we thank God because even through this suffering, many, many more Muslims are attracted to the Lord Jesus. So Brother, we are living in very special days. So uh, rather than focus on the persecution, you're saying we ought to be focused on the fact that there is, even as much as there is hardship, there is opportunity there in the Middle East. Absolutely. You put your finger on it. And, uh, and as Christians, that's what we ought to focus on. Rather than, you know, uh, uh, Western Christians uh, all the time hearing about the persecuting ch- persecuted church and, uh, and, uh, and the suffering, sometimes they are, uh, the stories uh, are appealing, maybe good for fundraising. Uh, but I think we need to pray for God's people to abide in suffering and we ourselves to identify with them and realize that uh, the more Christians we are, the more the closer we are to Christ, the more we suffer. Uh, in Australia, there is suffering. When we suffer, worrying about our children, you know, you're worrying about your children, uh, the breakdown of the marriage because of the ungodliness in the culture, and so on. There is, I mean, suffering takes different forms. It's not always physical. Victor Atala is our guest. Victor, stay with us. We'll come back and continue our conversation in just a few moments. Victor Atala is with the Middle East Reformed Fellowship. He hails from Cyprus and is an Egyptian. We'll talk some more about what's going on in the Middle East, this misunderstanding of the reality that is often broadcast in our secular media. We'll continue the conversation in just a few moments. We're back talking about the Middle East. And as we heard in our last segment, not just a focus on the persecution of Christian believers in the Middle East, but also the opportunity that is created because of the disenchantment with Islam that's growing in so many different Middle Eastern nations. Our guest is Victor Atala from the Middle East Reformed Fellowship. Victor, when we talk about the disenchantment with Islam, just how widespread is that in the Muslim communities uh, in those nations throughout North Africa and through into the Middle East? Perhaps in our modern time, uh, relatively modern time, the disenchantment with religion started with uh, the famous Ayatollah Khomeini. Uh, of Iran. He took power in Iran and he was going to take on the world for uh, Shiite Islam. Then we had the eight-year-long Iraq-Iran war. Uh, About a million and a half people were murdered and uh, about three million maimed. And then uh, Muslim people, Shiite and Sunnis, uh, were asking uh, questions on whose side uh, was Allah. You had uh, uh, the devastations uh, that took place in both Iraq and Iran, and uh, people would begin uh, to ask questions. Uh, along with that, of course, there is the spread of knowledge. Uh, when people have knowledge, they uh, have access to information they didn't have before. Uh, they weren't allowed to have, 
Now, uh, especially after the spread of education and now with the, uh, the media, uh, most especially with the Internet, uh, the genie is out of the bottle. And uh, there come then these fanatics who believe and advocate a message that they claim is the core of Islam. And people, uh, women, uh, young men, uh, women in general of all ages, and young men and young women are uh, uh, disenchanted. They say, well, if that's uh, religion, we certainly don't want it. Now, 53% of Iranians are certainly disenchanted with Islam, according to uh, 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 very well, well uh, documented and well re reliable uh, uh, studies. Forty percent of Algerians are the same way. And uh, you have in Syria now growing numbers of people who say they are agnostic or atheists. Uh, in Iraq, uh, even in Saudi Arabia, among the Palestinians, in Egypt, throughout North Africa, and not to mention, of course, the, in the, uh, the educated people and people like, in places like Pakistan and, and Indonesia. Uh, today, uh, brother, the number just uh, of Saudi Arabians who are uh, clearly disenchanted with religion and uh, at least saying they are agnostic or atheist is staggering. In so, Algeria, in Egypt, in Syria, in all of these countries, they are in the millions. And we thank God there is a gospel alternative. And that, inc that shows us uh, uh, the reasons why the, uh, there are growing numbers of people interested in, in uh, the Christian faith. Victor, powerful statements you're making there, and it brings to the fore the idea that when you say uh, there are people disenchanted, so there's an opportunity for the gospel, not just a throwaway line, but statistics backing that up. More than half of people who are Islamic are disenchanted with their religion, and they're choosing either agnosticism or atheism, but they're also choosing the Christian gospel. Uh, how is that happening, and how is it impacting those nations where you have been monitoring those things along? Well, it's uh, rather quite uh, simple, brother. When they are told, uh, uh, sing the praises of those suicide bombers, and uh, when they are uh, murdered, killing people, then they are going to a paradise where they will have this uh, uh, North uh, European-like uh, good-looking blonde women uh, you know, in, in paradise. And then they hear a message saying, love your enemy. Uh, bless those who curse you. Seek peace. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That the, the contrast is quite sharp. And it's very interesting that it is the teaching of Christ, it is the character of Christ, it is the life of Christ, it's the work of Christ that more and more appeals to disenchanted Muslims. Victor, how do people in Australia make links with churches in the Middle East where they can actually be a part of the opportunity that you talk about? Well, uh, I think uh, through their own churches they can link. Uh, certainly, 
uh, we can help people uh, link to local churches and uh, uh, identify with local believers in places like Syria, Iraq, Iran, and so on. You have to be careful how you do it, of course, because there are uh, uh, certain obstacles in the ways, the security. You always have these uh, uh, small numbers of, uh, of fanatics that are looking uh, into ways to uh, track down believers and, uh, and hunt them, especially if they are converts. I mean, you have thousands now of, of uh, scattered believers in small groups, even in Saudi Arabia, in Yemen, and so on. So you have to be careful how you connect them to other believers. Uh, but uh, if people can, people can go to our website and other websites, or they can send us emails and we can link them. And I'll give the website address for the Middle East Reformed Fellowship. It's merf.org. That's merf, M-E-R-F dot org. And, of course, uh, there are many other organizations like Open Doors and uh, the Voice of the Martyrs, organizations which are, are helping to support persecuted believers around the world. And I guess these are the organizations that are going to be the bridges between people who want to make a difference in the opportunity of the Middle East uh, and not just uh, leave it to someone else. Uh, That's right. And the most important thing, I think, is to link with the national churches. That's why in our organization, we do not have uh, foreign workers. Uh, we We have workers that are uh, cost effective, you know, they don't need to learn the language, they do not need a, a visa, they do not need to adjust to the culture, and uh, then uh, we work closely with the local churches. Well, Victor, I'll give that website address again for people who might like to connect with the Middle East Reformed Fellowship. It's merf.org. Victor Atala is with the Middle East Reformed Fellowship in Australia and talking about the misunderstandings of the reality of what's happening with the Islamic uprising around the world. Uh, Victor, it's good getting your insights. Thank you so much for being with us today on 2020. Blessings, brother. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.